here with you. I have thoroughly enjoyed myself. I thank God for North Spoon Baptist Church. I thank the Lord for your pastor and the goodness and the blessing he's been to me and my family and to our church. And in these last days, we truly need each other. Amen. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Woe to him that is alone when he falleth. I believe those are Bible principles. I thank the Lord for this church. I thank the Lord for every pastor here represented, every church represented in church body. You've been a blessing to me. We sang a song just a few minutes ago about living by faith. I do covet your prayers tonight. I'm, I'm going to be preaching not about faith, but I'm going to be preaching by faith. And I need the Lord's help this evening. I've only been preaching 10 years. The Lord lets me live to the 27th of this month. It'll be 11. Brother Philip, I learned pretty quickly that if we just obey God, he knows exactly what he's doing. And I can't really explain uh, the message this evening other than my heart is, uh, is full for the reality that seems to be unpreached in our day, the reality of a place called hell. I went to my study this afternoon, and I went and I got a book by Lewis Berry Schaefer on major Bible doctrines. I looked all through the index. I looked all through the book, and there's a lot of different doctrines, and the doctrine of hell was not in there. So I laid it down. I went to Herbert Locklear, picked up his book, the All Series on all the doctrines of the Bible, Went through every page. A lot of doctrines he discovered and he talked about and expounded on. But the doctrine of hell was not in that book. I'm not saying these men do not believe it. But we're living in a day where this is not mentioned hardly anymore amongst us. It's as if almost God's people believe that the flames of hell have gone out. And I stand here to this evening one more time, just a vessel in the hand of God. For that one that has been illuminated and you've put it off, this may be your very night to get born again. They've sang about Calvary. They've sang about the blood. They've sang about the mercies of God. And all that you need to know tonight is if you reject the Lord Jesus Christ, hell will be your eternal home. Amen. But you do not have to go to this awful place called hell. Matter of fact, it wasn't even designed for mankind to go to. It was designed for the devil and his angels. If you're born again, would you please pray for me this evening? Let's stand together, Luke chapter number 16. In your Bible, Luke chapter number 16, a very familiar passage of Scripture to some and probably not very familiar to others. In Luke chapter number 16, the Bible says in verse number 19, I'll give you just a moment to find your place. The Bible says there was a certain rich man which was clothed with purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died, and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. And seeth Abraham and Lazarus 
of seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, rememberest that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, betwixt us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you, notice this, can not. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. He's saying they have enough Bible. They have enough history. They have enough preaching. There's somebody in the room this evening, you've heard it preached over and over and over again, and God's telling you one more time that there is a way to escape this awful place. He said, let them hear them. And he say, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went to them from the dead, they will repent. You may be here this evening, you may be asking God to do something miraculous. He's already given you a Bible, amen. You may be asking him to write it across the sky. He's already written it in the King James Bible, amen. He said if they have this miraculous event, they will repent. Notice what your Bible says. And he said unto them, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded. Neither will they be persuaded. I'm asking God tonight to help you be persuaded to trust God before it's everlasting too late. The one rose from the dead. As a matter of fact, the next person that Christ would raise from the dead, his name was Lazarus in John chapter number 11, and it didn't make the Jews believe him more. It didn't make them come to Christ more. As a matter of fact, they nailed him to the cross, and this prophecy was fulfilled. He got his wish, amen, and they still didn't come to Christ, amen. Pray with me this evening. Heavenly Father, I have but two requests. I pray that you get glory to yourself, and I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'll be patient and gracious with the sinner. And I pray, God, you'll bring conviction to this place, Lord, as only you can do through the sweet Holy Ghost of God. We thank you, Lord, for this time and place. Lord, I pray you'll change somebody's forever and somebody's eternity. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated in a time when men are at ease. We need to be reminded about the reality of hell. In a day when preachers have quit preaching about hell, we need to be reminded about the reality of hell. In an hour when we think that the Son of Man cometh not, we need to be reminded about the reality of hell. Amen. In a day where alcohol and liquor, amen, are flowing in our streets and all the things that are rocking men and women to sleep only to wake up in the flames of an eternal place called hell, we need to be reminded of a place and the reality of hell. Amen. In an age of prosperity, of wealth and retirement and preacher, I'm okay. We need to be reminded afresh and anew that hell is still a reality. 
immorality, amen, in a day of illicit sin and open drug usage and fornication and nakedness and sodomy and pornography, we need to be reminded that the flames of hell have not gone out. In an hour where the pulpit is silent about a place called hell, we need to be reminded that men and women, boys and girls, amen, that die without Christ still go to this place called hell. Amen. You see, friend, there is a space of time given to every person in this room. You might be here and you might be eight years old or you might be 80 years old or you might be somewhere in between and God's given you this space of life to prepare for eternity to come because when you close your eyes in depth, there'll be no more opportunities to do business with God. It's called life, but life doesn't last forever. Just as the rich man and the beggar both died in our text, you may be here, young man, and you might be in the dew of your youth. You might be a young lady here, and you might be in the flower of your age, and you might have everything, amen, going your way, and you might have everything, amen, going, it seems, as well as it can, but you mark her down as the sun rises, amen, in the east and sets in the west. You will fulfill Hebrews 9, 27 one day, and you'll wake up, and you'll stand before God, and you better make sure that you don't die without Christ the Bible tells us that if man's given 70 years maybe 80 by reason of strength it's just the grace of God I'm going to tell you what 80 years compared to eternity is not a very long time you better wake up this evening, amen, and not let the devil wake you and rock you to sleep, amen, only to wake up in his eternal abode where you will never be able to escape from just as the rich man died, sir, one day you'll die. Ma'am, you'll die today. One day you'll pass away. The most certain thing in life is death, but the most uncertain thing is when. We don't know when that is. We don't know if it'll be a brain aneurysm. We don't know if it'll be a car wreck. We don't know if it'll be a drowning. We don't know if it'll be a murder. We don't know if it'll be a stabbing. We don't know if it'll be a cancer. We don't know if it'll be a suicide. But you mark her down. Death is on the hills of man. Amen. The roaring lion is at the gate. You better run to Calvary and you better look to Christ. You better call out to God before you wake up and you're never able to get out of the place called hell. James 4.14, preacher I got forever. The Bible says differently. Whereas you know not what shall be on tomorrow. For what is your life? Your life is even as a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Preacher, I'll have another opportunity. Preacher, I'll have another invitation. Preacher, I'll have another day. Preacher, I'll have another revival. This might be your last opportunity. God might be putting the nail in the coffin and they might be putting it on the shipping right now and you could be planted before this time next week God has sent me here this evening with one warning and with one message I have but one message this evening don't die without Christ there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun there is a place of refuge in Jesus Christ if you will humbly come to him and ask him to save you he'll do that very thing tonight he'll call and he'll send amen salvation and he'll give you aid and he'll give you amen new life and he'll give you everything that you need if you'll just run to the rock of ages amen Hey man, you need to admit your lost condition. 
I don't care if you're a Sunday school teacher. I don't care if you're a deacon's wife. If you're a deacon itself, I don't care if you're a preacher of the gospel. If you die without Christ, he's not looking for a position in the church. He's not looking for an attaboy. He's not looking for a baptismal certificate. He's not looking for a Sunday school pen. He's going to see if the blood has been applied and if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. While the devil offers a moment of fun, if you die without Christ, friend, you'll burn like the sun. Hell's flames have not gone out. Amen. And the damned cannot come out. Amen. But in a moment of torment, they burst out. Hell is an awful place. And whatever you do, don't come to this awful fate. Amen. Hell is mentioned 54 times in your King James Bible. As a matter of fact, when the Lord Jesus Christ was here in His earthly ministry, in a space of three and a half years, He preached more, He spoke more, He warned more about the place called hell than He ever did the place called heaven. And it's seldom mentioned in our churches anymore. I'm not saying it's far in the North Spoon, but it's far into America. I was just overseas in Scotland for a tent meeting and a campaign there and I appreciate the church sending us over there and making a way and I'm telling you God let us preach that night on the subject of hell and I had a pastor come up to me and talk about a lady who had been in the church and she'd come out of the church of Scotland and she'd been in that church for 38 years and she said that is the first time that I've ever heard the message of hell. My friend you cannot separate the two. Let me ask you some questions tonight. What is hell? It's an eternal banishment from the presence of a loving God. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 and 2. You who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. But it don't stop there. It's not just separation from a loving God. It's a place of torment. Luke 16, 23. And in hell He lift up His eyes, being in torment. It's a place of fire. Revelation 20, 15. And whosoever was not found in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. It is a place of worms. Mark 9, 44, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. It's a place called hell. Amen. Where is it? Number 16, 32. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses and all that appertained to Korah unto all their goods. They and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit. It's below your feet. It's belching. It's burning. It is forever a place where they that die without God will spend in eternity. Isaiah 14 9 said, Hell from beneath, hell from beneath, hell from beneath hath come forth to meet thee. What is hell? Where is hell? How big is hell? Isaiah 5 14, therefore hell hath enlarged itself and opened her mouth without measure to receive thee. I saw a bumper sticker one time from a real arrogant fella. It said hell was full so they sent me back. Oh no friend, there's room for you and there's room for millions of more. If you reject the blood of Christ and you count it a cursed thing, He will, He will, He will send you to that place. How big is hell? Proverbs 27, 20, the Bible says hell and destruction are never full. Pride in man, pride in arrogance, he says that it's full and I'll get to go another route. Pride in arrogance, he says that I can go my own way. I can do my own thing. But God gave man two choices. You either trust Christ for salvation or you die and burn forever. There is no in-between. 
Notice with me four truths this evening. Please pray for me about the reality of hell. It's undeniable. I care not what the modernists say. I care not what MacArthur says. I care not, amen, what the ecumenicalists say. I care not what the contemporaries say. God has a place of judgment called hell for those that die without His Son. It is undeniable. My Bible teaches that doctrine and I'm going to preach that doctrine. As hard as it is, as heavy as it weighs on a minister's soul, I am responsible to tell you the truth. I don't want to meet God in the uh, eternity beyond and look in those fiery eyes and Him ask me, Son, why did you seldom preach on such a terrible place? I'm here tonight with one message, that it's an undeniable reality. While the atheists have denied it, the Bible correctors decried it. Hell is a real place. The eternal abode of the lost. The lost dead are buried. Amen. But they are very much alive. Alive in the torments of hell. Man today doesn't want to hear about it. They want to hear something smooth. They want to have, amen, everything but to be faced with the reality about this place called hell. Oh, they talk about heaven and they talk about Jesus. But my friend, the fact still remains that Jesus Christ Himself spoke more about the place called hell than He did about heaven in His earthly ministry. And you cannot have a heaven without having a hell and you cannot have a devil without having a Savior. Amen. You will make a choice to live for God and go to the glory world one day or you will choose to reject Him and you will spend eternity in the lake of fire. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, said this, and I quote, the chief danger of the 20th centuries will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, amen, salvation without regeneration, and heaven without hell. That's what's being preached today. Smooth things, good things, easy things, camp meeting style, high level, amen. Jesus is the answer for all your problems, and I'm glad He is. But if you die without Him, you'll know some problems in. It's a place called hell. Rock and roll stars have mocked it. Modernists have revised it. The Bible teaches me and tells me that a certain rich man died in verse number 23 and I'll take God's word that's forever settled in heaven over any modernist, over any doctor, over anybody. I'll take his word on what he says about that place. The Bible says he lifted up his eyes in torment, in flames, literally burning in that flame. Notice the two men, the wealthy and the woeful. Two men, one rich, one a beggar. The rich man fared well and was clothed with purple. Lazarus sat at a rich man's gate begging alms, bread, help and comfort. While the world knew the rich man by name, Lazarus' name is in the Lamb's book of life. You might be here this evening, you might be big around town. Have a lot of money in your pocket, my friend. But you better listen to me. It doesn't matter how much money you make and it doesn't matter how big your house is, amen. The only thing that matters is what you've done with Christ. You might be here tonight and not have two pennies to rub together and you might be as broke, amen, as uh, any man's ever been and you might be wondering how you're going to pay your cell phone bill. It doesn't matter rich or poor, young or old, illiterate or educated, big or skinny. It don't matter, tall or short. Every man will be given an opportunity to trust Christ and what you do with his son will ever be dependent upon your existence in heaven or hell while the rich man prospered here he suffers today while Lazarus suffered in this life he's enjoying the splendors and wonders of heaven with God the Father the rich lost his identity while Lazarus has a new name written down in glory both men one wealthy and one woeful each fulfilled the verse of scripture Hebrews 9 27 and as it is appointed unto man once to die but after this, the judgment. 
Whether rich or poor, famous or little known, it makes no difference. It's undeniable. All men, women, boys and girls will one day stand before God and there's only one of two places you'll spend eternity. One was carried by angel into Abraham's bosom. The other, amen, a fine and noble burial. I'm sure the church bells rang in that religious pomp only to wake up in hell. It doesn't matter if the church recognizes you. It doesn't matter if the association recognizes you. It doesn't matter if you belong to a lodge. It doesn't matter if you belong to the good old boys. It doesn't matter if you've paid your tithes. It doesn't matter, amen, if you have helped the little lady down the road. But all that really matters is what you've done with Christ. Doesn't matter the height of your headstone or the complexity of your coffin, but what really matters, what really matters, what really matters, has there been a time and a place where you ran to the foot of Calvary? That's all that's going to matter. It's undeniable. Number two, it's unimaginable. Verse number 23, the Bible says, In hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment. The two men are greatly separated now. The roles have reversed. While life was temporary, eternity's forever. Amen. Time is the space of grace given to prepare for eternity. The Bible uses words like torments, plural, in verse number 23. Not singular. Luke was a physician and writes with vivid detail. Yet even in all the language he can muster, he cannot and he cannot and never will anybody be able to tell how awful it will be to waller in fire forever. The pain of burning eternally. The pain of regret, knowing that I should have went forward. I should have done business with God. And you mark her down, sinner friend, that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And you do business with God tonight. Pain of regret. The pain of no fellowship with God. The pain of being able to pray, but the prayers never being answered. The pain of no water, desiring water, but water never coming. Pain of never getting out. Matthew 3 describes it as a place of unquenchable fire. Luke 16 described it as a place of memory. He had all of his mind and faculties and memory. It's not just a grave. It's not just an abolishment. It's not just a, a perpetual sleep. Hell is a real, literal, burning place. Memory, remorse, torments, thirst, pain. Revelation 14 speaks of its misery. Matthew 13, 42 speaks of wailing and gnashing of teeth. Revelation 2 speaks of separation. Habakkuk wrote, underneath inspiration, along with the writer of Revelation, John the Beloved said, speak, and they talk about the undiluted, the undiluted, undiluted, never-ending wrath of God being poured out on the damned. It's undeniable. It's unimaginable. Number three, it's unending. Verse number 24 through 31 and he cried and said Father Abraham have mercy on me and send Lazarus send Lazarus that he may dip his finger in water and cool my tongue I got a cup of water up here tonight I wonder how many drops you can get off that thing let's watch in a minute there's one right there you might could muster another one there's a little one that just fell off you see how unreasonable the request is but that's how great the pain is just one drop just one drop, just one opportunity to get right with God. That opportunity is tonight. It's unending. He said that in verse number uh, 26, Betwixt us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from you to hence cannot not would not, not should not, not will not, but an impossibility, an emphatic statement. He said they cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. 
when men die without God being saved, before Calvary they went to hell. Men in this dispensation after Calvary who die without Christ go to hell. Both dispensations, both uh, New Testament and Old, people that die without Christ go to the same place. The only time the lost souls of men are vacated from the charred walls of hell is to stand before God for a brief moment at the last day. Amen. When God's going to judge the entire uh, uh, unregenerated population of, of the world's histories and they will look before God and the books will be open and they'll give an account. Amen. And you're going to be recounting all of the words, all of the messages, all of the opportunities that you had in this life to do business with God. Where do you get that preacher? John 12, 48. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him and the word that I have spoken the same will judge him in the last day you marker friend you make light of it friend you say it's not all that important you say it's just my opinion you just say it's brother Bond's opinion no it's not higher opinion it's the word of God and you mark her down you tread it underneath your foot like a despised thing one day this message and one day these words that you have rejected will be what judge you by the way the man that rejects the scriptures has rejected the Savior. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. You reject His Scriptures, you're rejecting the Son of God. They're inseparable. By the way, God tonight has made it a way, He's made an offering, He's made an accepted time for you to come to Christ. Revelation 20:11. I saw a great white throne. And Him that sat on it, amen, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And there was found... No place for them. In a little town called Bethlehem, the Son of God came, amen, in the fullness of time. He was born under the woman, born under the law to redeem them from the curse of the law. And the Bible says that they had no room in the end for Him. And you better mark her down. How you treat Jesus Christ is exactly how He'll treat you one day. There's a time coming when there's an earth going to flee away and heavens are going to flee away and there'll be no place found for those that rejected the Son of God. Verse number 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, the Hitlers of the world, the Mussolinis of the world, amen, the Bloody Marys of the world, the abortion doctors of the world, and the little boy that knew better, and the little girl that just stole a candy bar. Sin is sin. And there's only one category, either lost or saved, that you can be in. It matters not. Small or great, rich or poor, they're all going to stand before God. It matters not. Well, I'm not that bad. It's the same thing. It's the same judgment. It's the same hour where God will give an account for everything thing that you were receiving in this life books were open and another book was open which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works and the sea gave up the dead which was in it and the death and hell were delivered amen of the dead that were in them just a brief moment amen regurgitated out of that torment place and just for a moment to stand before the God of the world stand before the sovereign God amen as his eyes are literally set on fire amen and his hair is white as snow and his garments are like lightning amen and the clouds are the dust of his feet and he stands in sovereignty on his throne and judges those who had an opportunity to be saved but did not what an awful day what a terrible time to stand before the white throne judgment of God. It'll be too late. Man at the railroad was peddling a lie and I got an opportunity to talk to him. 
He was walking around there with some, some terrible doctrine and telling people that at the end of the age, God's going to gather everybody up and you're going to get one more opportunity to choose God or choose the devil. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You choosing this life when the Holy Ghost of God is doing like He is some of you right now, squeezing your heart and squeezing you in conviction. You choose God now or you don't choose Him later. Amen. I was kind to that gentleman. I was gracious. I tried to be a Christian gentleman, but I told him to his face, that is a lie, and you stop telling people that. Verse number 14 of Revelation 20, the death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. I wonder tonight, have you ever stopped to consider if you've been born once, you'll die twice? But if you've been born twice, you can only die once. I'm thankful, amen, that death hath no power. Hell man over the saved and the redeemed. I'm thankful, amen, that God took the stinger out of death and I'll never have to feel the second death. I'm thankful tonight, amen, those skin worms may destroy this flesh, as Job said. I know that after that, I will see God for myself and not another. I'll never have to feel the awful flames of fire. I'll never have to be departed from God. I'll never have to hear them awful words depart from me. I never knew you. All of that's been put on the cross. All of that's been put on Christ. He bore it all for me. He took my judgment, and I'll never be judged as a sinner. Thank God tonight. It's unimaginable. It's un, amen, deniable. It's unending. It's unpredictable. Number four, verse number 19, we see that the rich man is alive and clothed in purple, Brother Joe. Everything's going fine. He's got his latte. He's got his nice clothes. He's just had a big party the night before. Verse 19, everything's good, clothed in purple. Verse number 23, he's dead and in continuous pain, contorting without description. Verse number 19, he fared sumptuously every day. Verse 23, he felt sin's penalty forever and he's still burning tonight. Verse number 19, he had everything, everything, everything money could buy. Verse 23, he's begging for one drop of water. Verse number 19, he's interested in a poor man. Uh, he isn't interested in a poor man. Verse number 28, he's interested in propagating missions. Verse number 25, he is reminded of the former life. In verse number 26, he's recognizing the finality of his lust. You can have your own way. You can go your own direction. You can have your own life. You can choose to walk your own way. And when you have your means, young people, to go out that door and do your own thing, you have a free will. But you mark her down. When life is over and the heart beats for the last time, you'll stand before God wishing a thousand times that you'd have trusted Christ. I want to live my own life. I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to go before the church. You better make up your mind that you'll let God woo you and call you and succor you in this day of salvation. There's a day coming where He'll never speak to you again. Number five. It is un, it is unnecessary. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, thanks be to God, Brother Bond. It is unimaginable. It's undeniable. It's unending. It, hey man, my friend, it's undescribable. But oh, thanks be to God, Brother Joe, that it is unnecessary. 
Thanks be to God, Brother Mears. Amen. Uh, one day, amen, the Lord Jesus Christ walked up Calvary's hill with the weight of the world on His back. And He saw Russell Jordan. And He saw the sins, amen, of my youth. And He saw the sins and the wicked imaginations of my heart. And He said, I love that boy. And I don't want him to die without Christ. And I want him to be able to be saved. And He saw you, ma'am. And He saw you, ma'am. And He saw you, sir. And He saw you, young person. And tonight, if you'll trust Christ you'll never have to be worried about being lost again it's unnecessary hell was prepared for the devil and his angels you go there uninvited you go there amen as an intruder God does not want you to go he sent a message he sent a messenger to tell you to stop and look to Calvary Matthew 25 41 then they shall say also unto them on the left hand Depart from me, you cursed in everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You see, my friend, God never prepared it for his creation. He never prepared it for Adam. He never prepared it for Eve or for their seed. He prepared it for those that followed Lucifer in that rebellion in eons beyond before time. When Lucifer, he said, I'll be like he that sits in the sides of the north. Amen, I'll be like the Most High. And God said, oh no, you won't, rebel. And cast him down to the lowest parts of hell, created for the devil and his angels. It's unnecessary that you die without God and go to that awful place. Isaiah 55.1 I'm getting ready to close, Pastor. Isaiah 55.1 Oh, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that, hath, he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Isaiah 55, 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Look unto me, all ye ends of the earth, and be ye saved. Isaiah 55, 7, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. For our God, for he will abundantly pardon. You say, preacher, you have no idea what I've done. It doesn't matter if the foot of the cross, the ground's level. You say, preacher, here, I'm a young person tonight and I believe God's dealt with my heart, it'd be a good night for you to shuck your pride and for you, amen, to never mind what everybody's going to think. You might be here and been in church your entire life and you've lived a fake and a fault and a profession that's never been a possession. It'd be a good night for you to grab Brother Bond by the hand and say, I need to be saved. Friend, listen, in closing, as our sister comes, I want to encourage you that are here tonight without God, do not die without Christ. Would you please meet me in heaven? I'm going that way, Brother David. And I want everybody in this house tonight to meet me over there. You say, Brother Jordan, would he save somebody like me? Oh, my friend, the Bible tells us that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come 
to repentance. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. Amen. The Bible tells us when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He told us in John chapter 3 verse number 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Amen. This is the love of God. This is what He showed toward us, that we could be called the sons of God. Thanks be to God tonight. He made the first move. When I couldn't get to where He was, He came to where I was, and He called me, and He drew me, and He loved me, and He forgave me, and He put my feet on the solid rock, and I'll never, no, never have to worry about hell. My question for you in closing is, have you ever run to Calvary? I'm not talking about a little old 50 cent prayer. I'm not talking about amen to do better. I'm not talking about amen just getting in church. I'm asking has Christ ever put you in the body amen. Have you ever been reborn by the Spirit of God? You might be here tonight and you might be saved and you want to come pray for some lost people. It'd be good tonight if you think about your children, mom and dad and you think about your lost loved ones and you think about your lost spouse and you think about your lost grandbabies that you fall in this altar and you call out to God and you say, Oh God, would you please draw them? God, would you please woo them? God, would you please do whatever? Move heaven and earth, Lord, to save my family. Amen. I tell you what, sinner friend, let's stand together all over the house, every head bowed and every eye closed. You say, Brother Jordan, I don't want to come all the way. I tell you what I'll do. I'll step down right here and I'll meet you halfway. Would there be one sinner tonight like to step out of that pew and come take this preacher by the hand and say, it's my night. God's visited me in conviction. God's visited me, amen, and drew me. And for the first time, I've seen myself as a sinner bound for hell. Would there be one? Come this way, and I'll take you by the hand. Amen, friend. We'll rejoice together. We'll shout together, amen. And they'll ring the bells in heaven, and they'll be rejoicing in the presence of the angels. Would there be one tonight? It's your opportunity. I'll meet you halfway. God has met. God has drawn now he is leaving it up to you to do business with God ma'am don't put it off why don't you come right now find one of these dear ladies sister Bond to be here my wife's here one of these other good North Spoon ladies is here you say I'll take care of it when I get home he might not be knocking when you get home you don't get saved on your terms you get saved on God's terms why don't you come ma'am why, why don't you come on step out of that pew when these dear ladies take King James Bible, show you how to be saved. What about it, sir? You tried everything. You tried everything under the sun and found no peace. Why don't you give your heart to God tonight? Why don't you let Him save your soul? And you can be, hey, be your last night lost and your first night saved. Would one come do business with God? Pastor, it's your